Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Eric Bream, who's a professional speaker and published author. He communicates and educates on topics related to discovering significance and the art of mastering human dynamics to achieve success. So Eric, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Hey, Tom. It's exciting to be here with you, man. I love talking shop. This is going to be fun, man. Amazing. Yeah, I, I guess you do a lot of speaking about your, your topic, but actually we're speaking about speaking today, which is mm-hmm. be really interesting. So just out of interest for people listening, whereabouts in the world are you right now? Right now, actually, I am in southern Indiana. There's a town called Bloomington, the Indiana University. So if there's any Big Ten fans that are listening, that's where yeah. we're at. But it's funny you ask that because I'm, we're in the process of maybe relocating to South Carolina. And I might be making an offer on a house here maybe today. Wow. And the house is in Hilton Head. So we're looking to move to Hilton Head Island yeah. in South Carolina. So that's that's the dream. That's the goal. Amazing. And it sounds like you could be close to achieving that dream as well. So big time. Good, good look. And um, so, Eric, I also know that you partnered with the Speaker Lab and mm-hmm. you were director of student success there. So given that a lot of the people that you've worked with and spoken to have been aspiring speakers, I'd love to start by asking why you think speaking is so important for entrepreneurs today more than ever. Well, it's a fundamental way in which we communicate, right? Uh, so I speak on communication and the primary way in which we connect with one another is, is through the art of speaking. And so if you want to make any impact in the world, you're going to have to do that with others. You know, there's no man or woman that's achieved any level of significance without the help of others. Yeah. Well, in order to get the help of others and to get people to buy into whatever you're doing or whatever you want to bring out of the world, you're going to have to influence them. And one way you do that is through the art of speaking. So there's nothing, there's no better way, in my opinion, to really spark something, to inspire, to influence than delivering a message that moves people. I love it. Yeah, I love that. And, and I guess for you on your journey, you've had lots of different, um, you've worked in the corporate world. I think you've been in, in the army as well. You know, how important has speaking been for you at, at different points along that journey? And especially now because you're a speaker. Well, I think speaking has been the way almost, it's almost like my workbench. It's how I've kind of figured out things, Tom, in my mind and, and where I'm going on my journey. As I evolve, um, I'm evolving with my speaking. So I'm speaking on topics. I'm speaking with authority now that I didn't have maybe 10 years ago. And speaking is a way that really allowed me to kind of get that stuff that's out of my head, get mm-hmm. it out into the world and uh, see what really is working. You know, it's one thing to think about things. Yeah. Have you ever thought about something, Tom? But when you said it out loud, it sounded totally different. Yeah. And so when I start saying stuff out loud and start kind of working this stuff out, almost speaking in a way is a way that I've workshopped my own life because in order for me to impact an audience, I got to make sure I impact myself first. So it's been mm-hmm. a really great tool for professional development for me. Huge love that. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, people spend a lot of time reading about personal development, but one of the best ways is to really push yourself, get aside your comfort zone and, and, and get on that stage and start speaking. Um, so was it always this way or let's, you know, let's take it right back to the beginning. Was speaking difficult for you in the beginning or, um, or did you, were you quite natural straight away? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you mean by was speaking, but, and uh, it's present speaking, like standing up yeah. on stages. Oh yeah. Delivering public speeches. 
that's never been a problem for me, man. Yeah. Uh, getting on stage, I, I'm 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 comfortable with messy. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. So yeah. I'm un- I'm uncomfortable with the unknown. I'm uncomfortable. I like live feedback. I yeah. probably could have been a stand-up comedian. I like that kind of stuff. I like yeah, the cool. feedback. I like the awkwardness of it. That part's never been hard. The hard part for me was the business side of speaking and just turning it into something where uh, it's predictable income, revenue stream. That was a hard part for me that took me a, a little while to kind of figure out. But once I got that figured out and aligned it with my passion mm-hmm. and talent for speaking, and I was off to the races. Let's let's talk about that because a lot of the guests I have on the podcast always talk about this transition point where maybe they're doing free speeches, they're, they're you know just delivering talks, not really getting any revenue back on it. What was that turning point and, and how did you make that happen um, to go from free speaker to, to paid speaker and really turn it into a career? Uh, it is, there was, I think there wasn't really a major turning point. It was almost like I was, I just had a passion for it, Tom. It just didn't matter to me, man. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to be on stage. I want to deliver a message and I just had the passion, the desire, the energy. And then what happened is I started getting paid and the checks started coming in uh-huh. and I went from, you know, the first time I really started speaking, I made about five grand that year. Yeah. The next year I made about nine and mm-hmm. suddenly I made 30. Then I made uh, 150. Then I made 195. Then it was 435. You know, it just kept yeah. going higher yeah. and higher. And before I knew, I'm like, wait a second, I think I got something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like this defining moment, it was just, I just put my hand to the plow. And that's part of the problem too, is sometimes as speakers or anything where we do something and we immediately look at the scoreboard and see where we're at. Mm. I just didn't look at the scoreboard. I just kept driving. I kept doing yeah. it. I kept being consistent. And then over time I started getting some momentum. And once you get the momentum, then you're, you're good. And that's what mm-hmm. happened to me. And, and for some people it's about being prepared when you get asked that question, what's your fee? Cause if you haven't charged before, you don't really know how to answer that. So yeah. it's almost making sure you've got something, something, you know what you're worth, you know what your message is worth um, in the beginning as well. It's really important. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, when you st- when I talk to speakers, I coach a lot of speakers. And one of the things I tell speakers is very humbling because we think we know what we're worth, but it really doesn't matter what we think. Yeah. What, ma- what matters is what the market thinks. Yeah. You know, so the market dictates what your what your talk is worth. And so you have to be self-aware when you're approaching the marketplace and how you price it. It mm-hmm. really doesn't matter what you think. It matters what the market thinks. And you get feedback from the market and you make pivots from there. Yeah. And that's another important point, actually. And, um, you know you only get paid what, what what the market thinks you're worth and i guess that's based around how much value you're providing to that audience or or, mm-hmm. or the event host's audience how do you make sure that when you're delivering a message there's a return on investment or return on time for the people listening to your message how do you really pack it with enough value to make yeah. it worthwhile being paid for yeah well i would say that uh, one of the things i would say we said, you said something, I may have said it too. I think it's incorrect. It's not the market, what market dictates what you're worth. It's what your talk, your, your topic yeah. is worth. Yeah. We, sometimes we tie ourselves too much emotionally to the topic. Mm-hmm. When, when a market says, well, we're not going to pay you that much for that. It has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It's the topic. It's mm-hmm. the timing, all that. So I would tell you that the number one thing, and what I, the thing I get, Tom, that a lot of event planners give me positive feedback on is I think ultimately to make sure that the audience gets something of value, what you're delivering is really two things. One, there's gotta be a transformation. That's what, that's what people pay for. They pay for yeah. transformation. Yeah. There's gotta be a transformation, meaning that I, I'm different. I'm going to do things differently. I'm motivated to do things differently as a result of hearing you. That's number mm-hmm. one. The second thing is there's gotta be action that can be taken. So if I've come out of your talk, 
I'm inspired, but I have nothing, I can't do anything with it, then mm-hmm. it's no value whatsoever. Yep. However, if I come out of your talk inspired with an action step, a plan, or something I can actually do with that inspiration, that is huge. That's what separates the the great speakers from you know the mediocre speakers, in my opinion. Yeah. And and I guess one of the big benefits of that is people walk away inspired, transformed, and they've got that action is you're more likely to get rebooked as a speaker elsewhere because, you know, people are talking about you. They want you to come and speak at their event. You know, you get those referrals then as well, which is so important in this, in this world. Yeah. And have you had any big, I don't want to say failures, but I guess key learnings that you've had along your journey as a speaker and, you know, what, what can people learn from those mistakes, failures or, or key learnings you've had? Yeah. Oh man. That's a different podcast, man. How much time yeah. you got? So I'll, I'll give you two, uh, I'll tell, I'll give you one major one. Yeah. One Perfect. big one for me was when I had to give money back one time. And yeah. so I've only had to do that once. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that Tom, is I was not aware of the audience is that that was the problem. And so I did a talk, I did a keynote in Boston and in Boston, uh, for the new England fans out there, if you're from that area, uh, there, this is a different vibe, you know? And so you got to bring, you got to bring a different vibe when you get on stage in front of new England, new England, it's not good or bad. It just is right. Mm-hmm. And then I did a talk there and then I immediately got on a plane and I flew out West to uh, a, a community up in the mountains. Okay. Yep. And so when I got there, they had a different vibe, right. The next mm-hmm. day and I didn't pick up on it. And so what I did is I brought that Boston vibe. I was, I had that hardcore kind of, yes. this is what worked in Boston. I tried yeah. to make the same thing, the same vibe work on that stage. I totally lacked self-awareness and I wasn't gauging the fact that they weren't connecting with me. So after the fact, when I did an exit interview with them, I said, how, Hey, did I meet your expectations? They said, actually, you did not. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually offended some folks. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, explain to me what happened. They told me. And then based on that, I realized that, you know, I was at one space, there was another space, there was a gap there. And so my message did not, did not really transcend to the audience. And so I told them I was going to give their money back. And they said, no, you don't have to do that. I said, yeah, I want to give the money back, but here's the thing. Because I know, Tom, that the speaking industry is very tiny, right? Yeah. So good, bad, or ugly, your reputation is going to get out there. So what yeah. I told them was, listen, somebody may contact you sometime and say, did Eric speak at your event? All I want you to tell them is, yeah, he did. He wasn't for us, but he made it right, and he refunded us, and we're good to go. At least he's got integrity. Love it. You know, you're not always going to win like that. And yeah. so I learned in that in that session, in that setting, that every time I, I get in front of an audience, I make sure I have to make sure I fully understand what the audience demographic is, what they're expecting, mm-hmm. what their vibe is. And I got to match my vibe. I got to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And I have to match my vibe and align it with them. So that way they can actually get the message. The message was sound. The way I delivered it was incorrect. So that yeah. was a big learning point for me. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great lesson. I guess a lot of speakers, they have their talk, but you can't just deliver that exact same talk on repeat everywhere you go. Because like you said, it could be for a different audience, different location different number of people in the audience you're going to have to have that ability to flex and Mm -hmm. and shape your talk i guess live as well depending on how the audience reacts so i've got um lots of people connected to this podcast who are either at the very beginning of their journey in that they're not even speaking yet or there's people who are you know looking to that transition to become paid speakers so i'm somewhere in the middle personally um i've done a lot of podcasting i've done a lot of virtual speaking i've done a little bit of stage speaking I guess, what advice would you give to somebody like me who thinks they've got a message to share with the world, who has been on a bit of a journey to build the confidence to be able to stand up and speak, but are not quite there yet, and something's really holding them back from, from making that, I guess, leap to becoming a professional speaker? Yeah, well, I would say number one is you just got to be willing to get on stage. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what stage it is. Yeah. By the way, if 
I, sometimes I hear speakers say, well, they're not going to pay me anything. It's free. Well, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Anytime an event planner uh, allows you to go on their stage, that is their reputation. That is their stage that they have curated. They may have built an entire career around yeah. that stage. Yeah. So when you get on that stage, that is a huge deal. So you got to get on stage. You got to get your at bats. Nothing, nothing is going to ever, you got to go through an amateur phase and you got to get up a lot on stage. It doesn't matter yeah. what kind of stage it is. I've been on some crazy stages in my mm-hmm. time. The other thing I would say is uh, you mentioned you had an idea. Well, you got to get that. You have to clarify that uh, that idea and you need to put it in the form of an abstract. An abstract yeah. is a one pager that has your learning objectives on there. The abstract abstract serves two purposes. One is if you can't put your idea on that one page in that format, then you, you don't have clarity on your idea yet. So yeah. it forces you to get clarity. Then you can actually take that abstract without a website, without a demo video, without headshots. You don't need any of that. Mm-hmm. You can take that abstract. You could take it out to your market and test that abstract, that idea. Tom, I can't tell you how many times I've sold a talk and didn't even have the talk prepared yet. Yeah. Right. I, I even that. had a group pay me 40 grand. They said, we're going to pay you $40,000. Once they, we signed the contract, I said, I got to go back and get the talk ready now. Yeah. I sold them an idea. Yeah. And so that's the thing. And so you want to test the market. The way you test the market is you just got to get out and you got to reach out to folks. Hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd like to talk to you about what, how I can add value. And here's the key. This is where I, I work with a lot of students. I work with a lot of speakers. Most speakers that don't make it are the ones that don't consistently prospect every single day. Mm. Now, sometimes, yeah. Tom, you'll come to me and you'll say, I'll say, what'd you do in your business? Oh, I worked for two hours of my business today. Well, what'd you do? Well, I, I was working on my website. I was checking mm-hmm. out my, I, I, I was getting an appointment set up for my demo video. Uh, I, you know, I was researching maybe people I can reach out to. And I said, you didn't build your business at all today. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? That's just preparing to build your business. Mm-hmm. Building your business is getting, uh, sending out emails, sending out the direct messaging. If your social media is your thing, getting on the phone with people, actually physically reaching out to people that is building your business. It's important that you're consistent and you have to be consistent every single day. Tom, I would much rather you do this 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Then two hours on Monday and you don't touch it for two weeks and then yeah. you do another two hours. That means nothing to me. It's yeah. got to be done every single day. So you got to get your idea on a paper, which is the abstract. You've got to have to get that abstract in front of the market. And the way you do that is you have to consistently prospect every single day. Um, you mentioned the speaker lab. So that's what we do at the speaker lab is we just help what I just showed you. Mm-hmm. We actually we actually walk through people step by step, paint that by the numbers exactly how to do that. Love that. And and I think one of the big things that came out, came out there is actually going out before you're ready. And I think that's really important to say, you know, hey, I'm Tom, founder of Succeed Through Speaking. I've got this, this talk that I could deliver to your audience. Here's all the value I can add. Here's the topic, the, the idea. And one thing I was going to ask is, you know, what what's the core, what's the what's the secret ingredient on that abstract that's going to really help? Is it is it the value? Is it the transformation? Is it the change you can offer? What, what is the kind of secret source? That's a great question. It's the learning objectives. Learning so objectives, there's yeah. the parts on the abstract is you're going to have a picture of you in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have your contact information, the title of your talk. Then you're going to have what's the abstract itself. It's the three to five minute. It's like the three to five sentence, like your elevator pitch. Yeah. So you put your, this is the problem. This is the solution. But then the learning objectives, there's usually three to five. Mm-hmm. I will tell you the one thing that event planners hate. I know a lot of event planners. I got a lot of event planners that are friends. Event planners hate vague. All right. Yes. And most speakers are vague. They'll say, yeah. you know, we're going to inspire you to be a better mother at the end yeah. of this. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. No. Instead, they should put down, here are three questions you must ask yourself to benchmark whether or not you're a good mom or not, something yeah. like that. 
you know? So the learning objectives is usually three to five. They got to be very specific, something that the event planner can look at and say, yeah, that's, I can definitely see that translating well on stage. Okay. That is huge. Event planners will go right to those learning objectives. And if they're vague, they're not going to hire you yeah. because event planners may have 75 people contact them that day. And you may mm -hmm. be number 74 mm -hmm. and 73 of them, they just saw vague, vague, and yours looks like everybody else's. But then if yours is clear and concise, straight to the point, like, wow, this guy's got something. Yeah. If you get an event planner to pause, that's mm -hmm. good. And so that learning objectives are the secret sauce. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And then, and then getting it out there, like you said, prospecting, finding gigs, even if the stage is only 20 people in the audience, that's okay. Because like you said, it's that uh, amateur stage that you need to get through. Learn, learn the yeah. trade, and then you can build up to becoming a paid speaker. So yeah, great advice. Tom, you you ready for this, Tom? I've made more. I'm the less the least amount of people when that when there's less people in the crowd, I actually make more money usually. So yeah. my highest paid event was forty grand so far, and there were forty people in the crowd. And yeah. So exactly. numbers really doesn't necessarily associate to revenue. That's mm -hmm. that's pretty irrelevant. It's it, to me, it doesn't really matter who's in the crowd. The main thing is is that you're connecting with the right people. In fact, I did this talk one time where the event planner messed up the times and there's supposed to be 425 people in the room, seven people showed up. And, yeah. and for a room that was for 425 people, it was embarrassing. Yeah. I had to get up and I had to give this talk for seven people. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was like, mm -hmm. man, it sucks. They still paid me four grand to do it, to talk to seven people. And I thought, okay, well, lesson learned. I moved on. Yeah. Two years later, I was at a reception and there was a guy in the audience or in the reception and he came over to me with his young daughter and he pointed, he said, this is the guy. He looked at the daughter and said, this is the guy I was telling you about. And the girl looked at me, her eyes got real big, Tom. She gave me a big hug. And she said, whatever you said to my dad, thank you. Because he became, we got a, we had a much stronger relationship. We're in a much better place because you said something to my dad that made him change. Well, him and I got to talking. It turned out he was one of those seven guys that day. Oh, I love that. And that's yeah. when I realized it doesn't really matter, dude. You just get up and do your job as a speaker and the rest takes care of itself. Love that. Yeah. And, and that, that's such great feedback to, you know, to show the impact you've made on, on that family. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. By the way, I want to, I want to talk about that just a second. What you just said is important because I know one of the things you struggle with possibly is just, you know, getting up in front of people and stuff. And I, I get hear that a lot. If you take the focus, because I, I coach a lot of speakers through this, if you take the focus off yourself, because usually when you're scared, Tom, to get up in front of people, you're making it all about you. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying you personally, I'm saying yeah, that's yeah. what most I people do. Yeah. It's like, oh, am I, are they going to connect with me? Am I going to say this right? If you make it all about you, then fear is going to dominate. However, if you flip the switch and say, there's somebody in this crowd that needs to hear what I have to say, the fear goes away. Mm -hmm. And when you get up and know that you're just a messenger at this point, because the, somebody in the audience is going to be transformed by something you're going to say, and it may mean everything to them. And maybe that little girl that's his daughter that needs, she needs that transformation. If you're willing to think that way, you'll be able to again, go through some of these fears that you have. Whenever I make it about myself, which I've had before, that's when fear starts to come in. And, and it really makes the I might look, I might feel nervous or I might embarrass myself. It's just insignificant then, isn't it, at that point? Because versus I could transform these people's lives versus I might embarrass myself. It's, you, you, can't, you can't compare. So, yeah, I really get yeah, that. Yeah, it's awesome. Brilliant. And one last question from me. We've got a ton of value out of this already. Um, but the last question for me is if somebody wants to book you as a speaker or find out more about you, where can they connect with you online? Oh, just go to my website ericream.com and you and i were talking before we press yeah. record here i'm the only eric ream in the world <laughs> so e-r-e-r-i-c-k-r-h-e-a-m -E -E all that stuff's in there and if you're an aspiring speaker 
uh, all my abstracts and all that's in there. So you can download that and kind of get some ideas on, you know, maybe what you want to do with your stuff. Perfect. Yeah. And, and yeah, just, just Google Eric and you, you will find him. He's the only one. That's right. Thanks mom. I appreciate Fantastic. you that for giving me that <laughs> yeah. name. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. So I really appreciate it. I've gotten a lot out of this. I'm sure the audience will as well. I really, really appreciate it. No, no problem. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Tom.